the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Father, thank you for utterance in the spirit. Let your word come with clarity and with simplicity. Thank you that we are changed and transformed in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, come with me to the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 15 to 16. Joel 2, 15 to 16. Blow the ram's horn in Jerusalem. Blow the ram's horn in ELC. Announce what? Announce what? Say it. Announce what? Call the people what? Together for a solemn meeting. That is a meeting we are in now. And then he says, gather all the people, the elders, the children, even the babies. Call the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from his private room. So honeymoon suspended. He said, call everybody. Why? Because we are announcing a time of fasting. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 to 2. It says, <laughs> to everything, let's read it together. To everything there is what? And a time for every purpose under, under, under. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck that. What is planted? So, I'm teaching on a time to pray and fast. Somebody say a time to pray and fast. A time to pray and fast. A time to pray and fast. The first thing we want to touch on is fasting. What is fasting? You may be doing it, but do you understand what you do? Sometimes people say they are fasting, but they are actually on a hunger strike or they are on a weight loss journey. Fasting is different from hunger. Hunger is when you want to eat. But either you are preoccupied with something or you can't make the time or the food is not there. Yes, hunger means all of that. And then also, fasting is not starvation. Somebody say it's not starvation. Not starvation. Okay, starvation is when, or equally hunger, when you want to eat but there's no food. There are times you want to eat, you don't have the time to eat. But there are times you want to eat but there's no food. That's starvation. Apostle Paul said in fastings often, in hunger, so he distinguished the fact that hunger and fasting are different. Fasting is different. How different is fasting? Understand this. Fasting is a conscious decision. Somebody says it's a conscious decision. Say it's a conscious decision. It's not a decision you are forced to make. It's a conscious, deliberate decision for a definite time. So, like for instance, somebody said, I went to bed fasting. No, everybody, when you sleep, you are fasting. <laughs> that's why when you wake up they say breakfast but I don't think it should even be called breakfast 
Because it wasn't a conscious decision to fast. You slept. So whether you like it or not, you have slept. I know some people can sleep and wake up and pick something and eat and go back and sleep. But I know you are not that type of person. So it's a conscious decision for a definite time. Somebody say a definite time. Say a definite time. Definite time. Six to six, six to three, six to twelve. Whichever time you agree on, it should be a definite time. To deny. Somebody say deny. Okay, so fasting also involves denier, self-denier. To deny the body, fasting is with the body. Somebody say the body. Say the body. Say the body. Fasting involves the body. All the things I'm saying are very, very important. Fasting is a conscious decision for a definite time to deny the body of some of its legitimate needs, such as food and pleasure in order to give more attention to profitable spiritual exercises such as prayer, meditation, etc. Amen? Do you understand that? What it means is that while you are staying away from food, you are committing your time and energy to something else. So you are not fasting in the biblical sense when you abstain from food, but you are not committing to any spiritual activity. Are you here? Yeah, that's what it means to fast. Once you are fasting, you say, I'm fasting. I'm not eating. In the place of food, I am feeding on the word of God. In the place of food, I'm giving more attention to meditating on the word of God. In the place of food, I'm going to give myself to prayer and to reflection on God. Look at what the Bible says in Luke chapter 4 verse 1 and 2. And Jesus, being filled with the Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. He did what? In those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when he ended, he was hungry. So when you, you are fasting, you feel hunger. Why is it that I've been feeling hungry lately? It's because you are fasting. When we fast, we feel hunger. It's normal to feel hungry when you are fasting. It's normal to, particularly when you started fresh, to have some headache and some uneasiness. It's not anything. The body is reacting. And if you continue after three, four days, it settles in. Three facts about fasting. Fasting is a very important spiritual exercise or discipline. And even now, health science strongly recommend fast. So it's not just spiritual, it's about we are looking at it for a spiritual purpose. Fasting is a very important spiritual exercise. In the book of 1 Timothy 4, verse 7 to 8, it said, But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself. Somebody say, Exercise yourself. Say, Exercise yourself. Exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise, profited little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of a life that now is and of that which is to come. Fasting is a very, very important exercise. We saw it in the life of Jesus. Jesus fasted. In the book of Luke chapter 5, verse 33 to 35. Then they said to him, why do the disciples of John fast often? Look at that. They fasted often. The disciples of John fasted often and make prayers. So fasting is supposed to be accompanied with prayers. Whilst you are fasting, you are praying. Jesus said, this can't go and not except by prayer and fasting. Prayer is powerful all by itself. But when we add fasting to it, 
we communicate a deeper desperation and devotion to God. So, in the Old Testament, when they fasted, they said they were humbling themselves before the Lord. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves. They say, humble yourself in the Old Testament. It had to do, because when you are fasting, you can even testify to it. When you are fasting, naturally you are sober. Is that not the case? You look so bad. And that was something that the Pharisees knew how to do so well. So Jesus said, when you are fasting, be careful that your sober looking is not so obvious for people to be asking you, no, 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 no. That's not the level of sober looking we are looking at. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There are some people when they start fasting, the moment they enter the office, now people will know they are fasting. There are some people when they fast, they like to spit and they'll be spitting and people will know. For us, we don't do any of those things. Amen? Now, take note, when Jesus fasted, we are told that he was angry. They didn't tell us he was thirsty. He was angry. That means that we can fast. While we fast, it's in fact, and it's healthy to take water when you are fasting. Are you with me here? Yeah. Unless it's a dry fast. And a dry fast, ideally, should not go beyond three days without water. Unless supernaturally. Seven days also you could try. If you go the seven day. If you've done it before, you see that the seven day without water, many years ago, tech, I tried something like that. <laughs> and I think the fifth day, I was just lying there. I couldn't open my mouth. I couldn't pray. I have grown from that experience. First day was fine. Second day, third day, fourth day, I was just lying there. I couldn't pray. <laughs> I was too weak. Meanwhile, if I had taken water, I would have had the energy to listen. You see, when you are fasting, the fast itself is good. But the fast is supposed to help you pray and pray effectively or pray more. So if you are fasting and the fasting is said that you don't have the energy to pray, you better find something and eat. If I knew what I know now, I will make that kind of mistake. <laughs> yeah, so make sure that you have the energy to pray. If drinking water will help you pray, do it. If drinking some juice will help you pray, do it. But I'm not saying finish the whole bottle. <laughs> but, you see, the whole idea of it is to consecrate yourself and to devote more time to God. So, for instance, some of you in your office, you go for lunch and lunch is one hour. Now, you will not go for lunch. That one hour should be committed to deep meditation or to some prayer somewhere. Go to the office, uh, washroom or something, stay there and be there and pray that nobody comes to knock and be meditating or praying. That's a good time. Because sometimes people fast and they are doing the fast all right, but they are not praying. Really, it's, it's really not uh, effective. You won't get the benefits you need to get out of it without making time to pray. So it's very important. Jesus fasted and then he did not just fast. He also taught on fasting. He told his disciples, where do you fast? Now, let's look at where we're reading. Where I started reading. They went to him and they said, why is it that the disciples of John fast often and make Prayers. Luke chapter 5. That's where I started reading. Please take me back. Luke 5. Luke 5, 33 to 35. Why is it that the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise those of the Pharisees. So that was the era Jesus came in. You know, when Jesus came, he was quite unconventional. Almost everything the people were doing, he was doing it the opposite. That's why the Pharisees particularly did not like him. Because they felt that he was against the establishment. So, they were not comfortable with him at all. When people are choosing disciples, the disciples will choose which master they want. When Jesus came, he said, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. 
That was against the norm. So they didn't like the idea at all. Everybody's disciple will be fasting. Some of them will go to Apia Mountain 40 days and they are fasting. Others will go to whatever mountain and they are fasting. Where you meet Jesus, you meet him at Porsche restaurants and his disciples will be eating all manner of assorted food. So the Bible says some of the disciples of John went to him and said, why is it that the disciples are fasting and you and your people are feasting? But you know it. When they said, why is it that the disciples of John fast and make prayers and those by yours eat and drink? Take note. They didn't say you and your disciples. He said yours eat and drink. Yours eat and drink. So he himself was fasting. He fasted because that's how he started the ministry. And the word often even makes me understand that beyond the 40 day fasting, Jesus fasted again. Because the question is often, why is it that they do it? But yours, they eat and drink. Jesus, look at what he says. He said to them, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with? But look at verse 35. He says, but the days were what? The days will, when the bridegroom will be taken then, then, what are those days? These are the days. I remember I heard somebody explaining this scripture sometime back and he said, fasting is not for us. Jesus said the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away. And he said the bridegroom is the Holy Spirit. And so the bridegroom is here with us. And as long as the Holy Spirit is with us, we don't need to fast. I say continue. <laughs> preach on, preacher. <laughs> If there was a man who knew the Holy Spirit and experienced his power and anointing in his life, more than any other Christian I've ever heard about, it was Paul. And Paul fasted like no other person's business. Look at what the Bible talks about in the book of Acts. After the Holy Ghost came, we are told in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 3. Now, in those days, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, who was called Niger, Nicias of Syrian. Look at verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and did what? Fasted. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Fasting is an important spiritual discipline. The Holy Ghost said. So you see, there are things you may never hear the Holy Ghost tell you until when you are fasting and praying. There are things you may never hear. It's not like the Holy Ghost cannot speak to you. He's speaking all the time. Your ability to hear him sometimes can be sharpened with spiritual exercises like fasting. Paul fasted often. Apostle Paul, look at that. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 4 to 5. But in all these things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God and in much patience, in tribulation, in ease, in distress, in stripes, in imprisonment, in torment, in labors, in sleeplessness, and in fasting. Somebody say fastings. Say fastings. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. So this is not going to be our only fast. It's our first fast. Say an amen. amen. Say an amen. amen. Look at it. In weariness and in toil. Let's go in what? Often. In hunger. Uh-huh. In cold and in nakedness. Receive grace to fast often. I said, receive grace to fast often. Second truth is that there are right and wrong ways to fast. Jesus, when teaching on fasting, said it. He said, moreover, when you fast, do not be like. So that is the wrong way to go. 
Don't be like them. And he described it in detail how those people usually fast. Look at that. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces. This is not that something sad or something very terrible has happened to them. They just disfigure their faces to look like it. So when you see them, a certain pious, sanctimonious look. Just to let people know that they are in the mood. They greet you. <laughs> and then they all your quiet power. Yeah, it's because we are doing 12 days of fasting. <laughs> <You know what? laughs> they, they are acting and looking like their pastor is punishing them. Is everything okay? So yeah, we are okay. It's just that today is the sixth day of our 12 days of fasting and grace. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Bible said, don't be like them. In other words, don't be hypocritical. What Jesus was actually talking about is don't be hypocritical in your fast. Don't be hypocritical. Your motive must be clear. It's not that you are doing it to show. You remember the Pharisee that we looked at yesterday? He said, I fast twice a week. So all the fast he was doing, he was doing it to brag and boast someday. I fast twice a week. Number three, fasting done in the right way guarantees rewards. Fasting done in the right way guarantees rewards. Fasting done in the right way guarantees rewards. That's what we are told. Look at here. In the book of Matthew 6, 17 to 18. When you fast, anoint your head. Wash your face. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting. That's critical. But to your father who is in secret. Because this is a very spiritual exercise. And it's between you and God. He says to your father who sees you in secret. And your father who sees you in secret shall what? Reward thee openly. So Jesus affirmed the fact that fasting brings some rewards. Whatever the rewards are, I can't tell. In the Old Testament, we saw some of those rewards in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 8, all the way to 14. It talks about some of those rewards there. And I think some of those rewards are still applicable even in our times. Fasting guarantees spiritual rewards, amazing spiritual rewards. So it's important that we learn how to do it and do it right. 11 things you can do to get the best out of a season of prayer and fasting. Just touch on a few and then we'll continue tomorrow. One is be involved personally. Somebody say be involved personally. Say be involved personally. If you are going to get the best out of fasting and prayer, you have to do it. You will never, never know the difference a lifestyle of prayer and fasting can make in your life until... You put yourself in. Be involved. Don't just be an onlooker. Listen, let me tell you something. It's very, very dangerous to be in a spiritual atmosphere and have a spiritual activity going on and choose not to be part. Are you with me here? It's a very, very dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing. Do you know the single thing that spoiled David's CV with God? Happened because at the time he was supposed to be doing something, he failed to do it. Second Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. David was called a man after God's own heart. But the thing that corrupted his relationship with God and dent his integrity eternally, that single act. Look at this. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to, when kings go off to where? Say it. When kings go off to where? And as we are engaging in this fasting, we are also at war. This is spiritual warfare. Are you with me here? He said, when kings go out to what David sent Joab, 
out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in remained in what was he doing in Jerusalem? At the time, the whole army were at the forefront of battle. He said, I, I will stay in Jerusalem. When you stay at Jerusalem at the time you are not supposed to stay, the consequences can be very grave. If you look at verse 2, that's where everything started. One evening, David caught up from his bed and walked around the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw. When you fail to go to where you are supposed to go, you will see what you are not supposed to see. <laughs> he saw. If he had been at the forefront of battle, he would not have seen. One time, I heard a preacher preaching from here. He said, why was the woman bathing at that time? The question is, why was David walking up and down at that time? You remember later on when Uriah even came, he brought him back. When he brought him back, Uriah told him that this is not the time for me to come and do this. Uriah, he wasn't the king, but he had enough wisdom to know. You see, you have to be spirit. The Bible says that the men of Issachar were men of understanding. They knew the times. Know the times. You know, you must know the times. What times to do what? The spiritual world operates with a lot of sacrifice. Oh, everywhere, everywhere. There is no spiritual activity. That sacrifice is not involved. Every spiritual activity. And for those of us who are born again, we are called to lead a life of sacrifice. That's what it is. If you go into the occult, crazy sacrifices. If you go to Islam, crazy sacrifices. If you go to Hindu, crazy sacrifices. Every spiritual activity for it to deliver at a certain level will require sacrifice. It will require sacrifice. The Bible said, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But when it dies, it brings forth much fruit. 2022, you have much fruit. Amen. I said 2022, you have much fruit. Amen. Number two, have a personal purpose and expectation for the fast. The Bible said where there is no vision, the people perish. Have a personal purpose. Apart from the corporate purpose that we have, this our corporate purpose in this fast is to prepare ourselves for the year. Is to wait on God and then hear from him before we run. Is to receive strength from on high for the journey that is ahead of us. That is corporate. But on your own, what's your personal purpose? Some of you are dealing with certain challenges. You need to hear God's voice about it. Some of you, it could be your health. It could be your finances. It could be your marriage. You have to have your defined purpose for it. That's why we give you prayer expectation. So that if you don't have one, we want to force you to have one. The Bible says that surely there is an end that expectation shall not be cut off. You need an expectation. You need an expectation. Without a vision, you won't see, why should I even be fasting? Look, three days now, see the way my body is now looking. You see, it's because there is no driving vision. But when there is a vision stronger than the feelings you have, you, you'll be doing the fast with ease. Somebody say an amen. amen. Number three, actively participate in all corporate prayer meetings. This is a corporate fast. Fasting can be personal or corporate. Somebody say personal or corporate. Say personal or corporate. Personal fast is when you have chosen that, okay, next, after the 12 days of grace, I will continue until the end of January. The Lord give you grace to do that. Amen. You are not saying amen. amen. See, doc, I'm not saying amen. <laughs> That's personal. Personal is to say that maybe on my, on my day of birth, I'm going to be fasting every week. That's personal. 
But there is also corporate fasting. And when we fast corporately, we must meet to pray corporately. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 14. These all continue with one accord. These all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication. Somebody say in prayer and supplication. There is something about corporate prayer of the saints. When we gather together, the anointing that is generated in corporate meetings is not anointing any one of us can generate. You can stay on a tree mountain 90 days. What happens when we gather as two or three can never be your individual experience. God has designed it like that. That is the essence of fellowship. That's why no amount of uh, watching online can substitute for corporate fellowship. There's so much power generated when we come together. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I'm in the midst of them. Number three, number four, create time for personal fellowship with God in the word, in worship, and in prayer. Create time, create time in these fasts. That's why I've been encouraging that this is part and parcel of us. We are not, never going to stop this. Every January we'll do this until Christ comes. So if you are that occupied, before January, some of you have long leaves. You take them and you just use them on canal things. Meanwhile, these 12 days, if you plan it well, you can go through the New Testament and finish it because you are devoted. Because some of you, as the year goes on, you may not even have time to do proper devotions anymore. Commit time. In the morning, the Bible said, Jesus rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there he prayed. That's personal. So come together, let's pray together. But on your own, create time and pray. Pray with your family, pray with your wife, pray with your children. Pray in your, at your own level. Make time to pray. Commit the whole household and family into the hands of God. Are you with me here? Number five, I like this. Pray extensively in the spirit. Pray extensively in the spirit. And I want to encourage you. In this fast, pray extensively in the spirit. Somebody say pray extensively in the spirit. Say pray extensively in the spirit. Listen, you are about making a journey of 365 days. You don't know what the year holds. You don't know what is ahead of you. But can I tell you something? The Holy Ghost knows. You know that? The Holy Ghost knows. He knows everything. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 26. And he wants you to know. He said, likewise the Spirit helps our infirmities. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to. But likewise the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings. Which cannot be, which cannot be, which cannot be. Verse 27, let's look at it. He said, he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession according to the will of God. The Holy Ghost makes intercession for you. And when you read verse 28, he said, and all things work together for good. We just like to quote it, but we don't know that what makes everything work together for good is the spirit helping you to pray. When the Holy Ghost comes in and he helps you to pray, you pray in line to make sure that everything that was designed for evil begins to work together. So pray extensively in the spirit. Somebody say pray extensively in the spirit. Say pray extensively in the spirit. Yeah, Paul said, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with understanding also. So don't just, thank you, Father, thank you. Listen, the tongues is good. But there are more things you have no idea of. The Holy Ghost takes hold of you and he begins to pray them through you. Most of the time, after you have made such prayers, you see that some divine ideas will be coming to you. 
Because as you are speaking to God, he's also speaking back to you. You need to know how to capture it and put it to work. The Lord bless you. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. We are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no.